Welcome to Back Channel, where we interview talent professionals who are helping the fastest growing companies place their leadership team. Today, we have Stephen Berman, who is the Executive Search Director at Excel KKR. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks for joining. So kicking us off, why don't you tell us about you, your firm, and your role at Excel KKR? Sure. So I'll start with the firm, and then I'll get into me. I work with Excel KKR. We are a mid-market private equity fund. We've got about $11 billion in assets under management with about between 50 and 55 portfolio companies. We invest in B2B mid-market enterprise technology businesses, so a lot of SaaS. And we've been around for a little over 20 years. We're sector agnostic. We do everything from supply chain to logistics and e-commerce and fintech. We do health tech, we do martech. I think kind of what you're getting is if you abbreviate an industry and put tech on the end of it, we've probably played in it. We've been around since before SaaS was a thing, and that's really our mandate going forward. It's just B2B, mid-market enterprise technology businesses. Our platforms do between 20 and 200 million when we invest in them. So a little bit on me, I joined about a year ago. I am the director of executive search, and I do three separate things. The first is work on executive searches for our portfolio company and lead them. The second would be if we farm something out to a third-party search firm, uh, sometimes I'll help manage that search with search firm. And then the third thing is trying to figure out ways to get us from a reactive to a proactive hiring organization. So a lot of times you hear people that are in talent roles refer to that as building benches. So talking to executives from our network or through new search work, and not every person is perfect for every role, and that's okay. But if you talk to someone that you think is talented and could help the portfolio, make sure you you keep a hold of them, right? So get them on the right bench, make sure that you're reaching out to them proactively because um, we want to make sure that if something does come up while they're on the market, we can try to plug them into that opportunity. That's great. And, and you're also a member of our community. And in our community talks, we, we typically cover a lot around tactics and search execution and not as much around strategy and, and preparing for searches. I know that that's a strength of yours and it's something you do well at Excel KKR. Can you share with us how you prepare for a search and any results that you've seen? Yeah, I think there's a lot to cover there. So if I get off track, feel free to rein me back in. Yeah, I no think a, a good search really starts before the search starts, right? So how do you align all stakeholders? And uh, the way that we like to do it is making sure we get everyone in a room or on a Zoom or a call, whatever it might be in the world we're in. Um, and we want to align on a bunch of different things. We want to figure out what are the table stakes criteria versus the nice to have. Table stakes meaning the stuff that we can't compromise on. So nice to have are stuff where if you're kind of deciding between two people and one of them has those nice to haves, maybe you go with them, but they don't need to have them, right? And then something that's really important is to quantify what success looks like in the role. And once you do that, you can help then tease out what you need in this leader uh, to make them successful. People always wanna know what success looks like. I think it's a loaded question and every search has different metrics for success depending on the role and the company and what we're looking for in the hire. But in general, what we wanna see are, are most of the people that understand SaaS. A lot of our businesses, as I was saying before, really rely on SaaS platforms, right? So someone who understands and has been in that type of business. I think it's also someone who has experience within private equity businesses. I should mention I work on executive level searches. So these are all C-level um, 
So these are people interacting with the board. These are management figures that are driving growth within the business. And working within a private equity environment can be challenging. It can be very rewarding. And sometimes people don't enjoy it. Sometimes it doesn't mix with them as, as who they are, and that's okay. But knowing that we have someone who has been successful or at least operated within a private equity environment once or twice is usually something that we look for. To get more in depth, we'd have to talk about a specific role. So if there's like a function you want to discuss, we can talk about some things that we would look for. But um, in general, it's just not necessarily apples to apples. But if you can distill what success looks like in the role and find success in someone else's background, even if they haven't done that exact thing, that's okay. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. And you know, I think related to that question, I'm sure Excel KKR is a, a gigantic network. So how do those existing relationships factor into your search process as you're, you're kicking off and starting to source some candidates? We are a great firm. We have a lot of people here that have been doing this for a long time that come with rich networks. There, there's a couple things in that question. One is how do you actionize the network? Because just because someone has 10 uh, chief revenue officers doesn't mean that they've introduced them to me or that they're top of mind for that person, right? So how do we constantly ping Excel KKR employees to let them know like it's okay to send people to us? Uh, something that is interesting is sometimes people are hesitant to send their network because they don't know if they're good enough or they're worried that we'll talk to them and then they won't want to leave their job. When building a network, not everything needs, needs to be actionable, right? Like you can build networks for the long run. That's kind of the purpose of building a bench is you need leaders now, but you also need leaders tomorrow and six months from now and a year from now. And cultivating those relationships are important because timing is everything. And maybe it's a year from the introduction that that candidate's ready to leave and we have the perfect role for them. So what the network allows you to do is a couple of different things. A, you hear people talk about velocity a lot, speed. When you have people that you can introduce to management teams from day one, even if they don't get the job, it can be productive because they can talk to real people with real experience that can either help that management team double down on the spec and the criteria for the role, or upon talking to someone with a good background, help management realize that maybe they need to pivot a couple of things, or that maybe it's too expansive and that they're looking for too much from one person. In recruitment, not everything happens day one. There's usually a lag, right? So if we kick off a search today, by the time we create outreach, identify candidates, reach out to candidates, have screening calls, have interviews, there's a, a couple of weeks that goes by. Having people that management teams can talk to day one will help fill that void so that as we fill the top of the funnel, there's a constant flow of people for management to talk to. That's a really great point. Uh, if we go into search execution, um, obviously today's market is, is very hot. And what we're seeing is, is a lot of um, trade-offs of quality for speed to get folks in the door and kind of skipping steps in the process. And uh, you know, considering how hot the market is, how do you balance speed with running, still running a, a comprehensive search process and finding the right fit. To rewind a second and go back to network, sometimes that's what helps because if you have someone that's been fully vetted by multiple people within the private equity firm, we feel much more confident in getting them through an expedited process. But in reality, you can't compromise a thorough process just to close something quickly, right? So, and that's where aligning before search kicks off is really important. 
And if it takes you an extra couple of days or a week to make sure you're looking for the right people, you have the right criteria, you have the right process down, you can make up that time moving forward because candidate experience is really, really important. Yeah, I, I imagine, it, you know, related to the, the hot market, what are the top challenges that you're facing, you expect to face this year? Great question. And, and personally, this might just be a hot take. I always think it is a good market for talent candidates. Always. So I think what's unique about this market is there's been so much capital raised by private equity firms like us or venture capital firms, whoever it may be, that there's just more roles. There's more companies being launched. Um, so you have the same number of good executives, but you have more roles for them to go explore. So something that you got to do is just get constant feedback from your candidates. And as simple as asking them, what else do you have going on? Right. You don't need to ask for names of opportunities, just like how far are you along on other processes? What's your timetable? Are you looking to make a decision next week? Are you looking to be thorough and you actually need a month and a half, two months before you can make a decision? Um, so once you understand their cadence, it can help you dictate yours. And then to come back full circle, if you have a good search process and you have the core criteria, you know, you're looking for when you come across someone that has it, you don't have to drag your feet. You can get them across the finish line because you can say this person and I, sorry for using the term, text the boxes in terms of professional experience, but also the intangibles, the personality, all of that other good stuff. And, and what are you doing to address these issues? Communication is really important. And, and none, of, none of this is groundbreaking, I don't think, to anyone listening, but just making sure that you have open lines of communication with your deal teams, with the rest of my consulting team. I sit within Excel KKR Consulting Group, ACG, making sure we're all on the same page, making sure candidates are in the loop, Right. So to go back to, to debriefing and prepping for interviews, that's really important because that's where you can tease out the information of why they might want to leave or why they might be dragging their feet or, or what it's going to take to get them across the finish line. So now putting on our contrarian hat, uh, what are some best practices, beliefs or habits from the executive search space that you disagree with or, or think should be updated? I think there are some recruiters that give all recruiters a bad name. And those are the people that ghost candidates that send out choppy outreach that really do things pretty sloppily. I think part of the problem in our industry or not problem, the way that happens is there, there's no barrier to entry. Anyone can hang up their own shingle tomorrow and be a recruiter. And something that I've seen in the last couple of years that has been interesting is executives coming to us more as stewards or shepherds for their process, because we were talking earlier about there's a lot more money in the markets. There's a lot more opportunity. Even people with decades of great experience realize when they go to hit the market for the next opportunity, it doesn't make sense to do that without people showing them stuff, right? Because it doesn't matter how big their network is, they won't know everything that's out there, right? And it's not like shopping around your deals, but it's before you would buy a car, you'd probably go check out three or four dealerships just to see what's going on. So that's been something really cool to me and not just necessarily people in my network, but also really distinguished executives reaching out to me and, and people I know in, in my same position saying, hey, I want to build a relationship with you and other people like you, because I think at some point in the next three, six, 12 months, I'm going to hit the market. Right. So I think something that really helps that happen is executive recruiters may be a little bit different than contingency recruiters just based on the transactional volume of what they do versus what we do. Like, I don't view my job as getting people to say yes. I view my role as getting candidates all the information they need to make the most educated decision they possibly can. 
And if that's with us, great. If it's not with us, that's also great because the worst thing that could happen is someone taking a job because we sold them really hard on something to realize a couple quarters into it, it's just not for them. So maybe not a practice or a best belief, but just kind of habits and the way the industry has been moving, which is something that I think is pretty cool. Maybe a best practice that is also starting to evolve, and this gets into DEI and giving people opportunities to step up into bigger roles is we are more open. And I, I say we, I think everyone's more open to give people who hypothetically haven't been a CEO, a CEO role, or haven't been a CXO, that first C-level job. And this comes full circle to what we were talking about earlier. It's when you look to build core criteria, it's not necessarily scaled from X to Y. It, it, it could be build teams, input functions, seeing this type of growth. And if you can pull that stuff out and find that within a candidate who hasn't been given the opportunity, personally, if they get that role, I think they'll fight just as hard, if not harder than anyone to keep it because everyone wants to prove themselves, right? So that's something that's also been shifting, not just within us, but I think with everyone within the last couple of years. Yeah, and it feels like the, the hot job market is sort of a forcing function, giving people more of a shot. So going outside of the Rolodex and, and really like broadening your view of, of who could be a fit. Um, so maybe that's a good thing in the long term. I think so. I think there are a lot of talented people. You got to give someone a shot, right? Yeah. You know, going from the minor leagues to the major leagues, everyone started out somewhere before they got to wherever they reached the pinnacle of. So I know it's kind of corny to say it is very corny to say. But I think you're right. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the marketplace. I think candidates understand now that they're in the driver's seat. I wish people would know you are always in control of what you want to do, right? The whole notion of stay somewhere for a year is gone. The notion of like you can't switch jobs is gone. The notion that you can't switch industries is gone. Like personally, I've been in three different industries and it took me a while to figure out where I wanted to be. And I had a mentor tell me once, you always hire someone for their third job. First one, they don't know what they're doing. The second, they get into the right space. And the third job, they get into the right company within the right space. And I, I think that holds true on a more macro level as well. And just kind of, you got to figure out what makes you happy and, and you can't really be afraid to go after it. Yeah, corny or not, I mean, finding purpose in your work kind of helps the day-to-day, -day, you know, work itself out and it makes it all more manageable. And you're seeing that with a lot of burnout today. So, I mean, it makes sense. And, you know, it, I think it sounds altruistic, but there's a real impactful result if, if you have that in your job, right? I would think so. I'm very fortunate. I love what I do. I truly love the people that I work with. They're some of the most intelligent, but also kind people I've ever worked with. I've, I've loved the people at every job I've been at. We were talking earlier before we started recording. I'm still close with people from across all the jobs I've had, right? So I know I'm very lucky in that perspective, but everyone deserves to be happy. And that sounds super corny, but it's true. And if anything, getting a job now is really easy. If you're unhappy, make the change. Well, that is a very uh, inspiring note to end on. So we can cut it there. Um, really great insight. And again, thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on the round table, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Quick note on the round table, that's been super productive. So thank you for having me a part of that. A, a lot of kind of the questions that I've had going into this year, we've discussed thoroughly. So it's always good to know that we're not the only firm dealing with some of these problems. 
it's always great to be able to riff on different solutions. And in a world where everyone's competing for deals, we kind of ignore that on the talent side and, and really unite together. So I really appreciate you creating a forum like that. That's been really helpful. That That's, you know, that's mandatory on my calendar. It doesn't get booked over. So thank you. Thanks for the, the kind words, Stephen. Anyone listening, we are growing that community. So if you're interested, please reach out. We'll, we'll put some information on the screen. Uh, and again, thanks, Stephen. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend.